What's happening? Thanks for pushing play. Before we get into the episode, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcasting platform and please leave a five-star rating and review. Let's get the show out to as many other cash flow veterans out there as possible, those who are looking to secede from the current system and change their life one day at a time. Welcome to Cashflow Veteran. This is John, your host. This is for military members, veterans, spouses, and anybody else affiliated with the military. This show is where fighting for your financial freedom is just as important as your political freedom. Let's get to it. All right, everybody. Uh, I got my, my, my sister that's uh, here. We're going to be going through some of her background. Uh, a little bit, just talking about, uh, we're rounding out a whole conversation just about uh, your health journey, my health journey, and and what questions to ask, what what things to get through, how you should view it. And I wanted to give you kind of a different perspective. And I kind of come from a, a background. I've done you know everything from keto to paleo, uh, tried different things, just seeing what my body really does. And there's a few things that I've come to uh, a conclusion on to make sure that you know your body the best and, and being able to actually start reading your body better and better and better is going to make you a more healthy person uh, in general. What, wanted to bring my sister on to give you a little bit different perspective. I'm basically kind of uh, a carnivore at this point. Um, so I wanted to bring on my sister who is a vegan and kind of get into her journey and kind of where um, our stories align, but also kind of where they differ in a lot of the areas and just kind of get into that. So Amy, welcome to uh, the podcast. Hi, bro. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's just go ahead and jump into this. Um, uh, what's your background and specifically kind of what's your uh, military affiliation? Because I feel like some people, um, even maybe a younger audience uh, can kind of identify potentially with this as well. So what's your what's your background overall and what's your military affiliation kind of growing up? Uh, sure. Well, I, I was a dependent. Um, our dad was in the Air Force um, until I was in the ninth grade. And then um, he went into a contracting position, so still worked um, at a military base. Um, and then my brother and sister-in-law being in the military, so I've had to chase, <laughs> chase them and uh, their their kids all over the country. Um, but I think we had a different experience somewhat, um, just not having to move around a lot, but having a lot of friends kind of come into, in and out of our lives. Um, I grew up from kindergarten to um, the end of my eighth grade year in one town at uh, Dias Air Force Base. Yep. So um, quite, quite a different experience, I know, than a lot of uh, military families. And then we moved um, to Mississippi to my mom's hometown after my dad retired. I think um, we went to school with a lot of uh, kids that were military dependent. So those were most, most of our friends, seeing them um, kind yeah, of coming. And, yeah, no, and one of the things that I, it's been interesting for me to kind of still stay being in the military through my short career and then even being out and just kind of following around. Like we have a neighbor, um, you know, not basically kind of catty corner to where we are right now. And uh, his dad was actually a navigator for B1s at Dias Air Force Base oh, cool. at the exact same time that we were there. He's a few few uh, years behind um, 
behind dad, but he, uh, you know, dad, dad by that point was really kind of into these safety roles and ended up being kind of chief of safety for a lot of stuff. So he's outside of the squadrons and the guy was quite a few years behind. I mean, I think, you know, dad went through pilot training and graduated 75 and I think his dad graduated probably like 79 or 80. So uh, not, you know, and then they got stationed in different places, but it's just kind of funny. One of the, you know, being a small world, being a small military, you end up sometimes moving very close to people that you used to know. Um, uh-huh. you know it's, uh, I had a, a guest on my podcast, Brandon Groney, and just talked about, you know, his, his health journey. And just kind of how a lot of times it does feel that, especially while you're in, um, that it does feel kind of like the Air Force family, that all, there's always these connections that you can make with people uh, that are there. And you always will typically kind of see them again or, or have a friend of a friend. It's kind of one of those funny questions you always ask, like, oh, well, do you know this person? It's kind of always one of the running jokes is uh, when you meet somebody <laughs> new, it's like, oh, do you know these people? You know, just trying yeah. to find the right connections. You know, you're seven degrees of bacon or whatever it might be. Right. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I went to um, a continuing education for my career as an occupational therapist with just a new group right. of friends. So I went to school in Mississippi, but it was some friends here in South Carolina. Um, they all went, went to school in Charleston. Mm. And so there's a military base in Charleston. Yep. And so the girl that we stayed with, her husband went through pilot training with dad. Yeah. <laughs> and he yep. knew, yeah, he knew dad. And remembered his um, dead-on Elvis impersonation. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's what we get for having a quirky dad, I guess. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't well, have it that, any yeah, other way. Yeah, and there's, you know, it's funny too because Dad's even had people who, uh, you know, he had the son of one of his buddies that he f- used to fly with that ended up uh, being the co-pilot, um, or maybe the nav. I can't quite remember, but he was uh, one of the four in the Fairchild B-52 crash. Um, uh, McGeehan was his name. And then I know you guys went to school with McGeehan, uh, the son. And so dad actually got an opportunity to teach the son uh, when he came through pilot training. And so that's kind of of full circle things for dad. Yeah, I think I vaguely remember that, huh? Yeah. So just really, yeah, really, really small world. So that's that's kind of your affiliation with with the military. And so I always kind of want to connect that back, but I want to get into kind of the topic that I've been, you know, discussing uh, with my audience and with other guests here as well. And that's just, you know, the health journey that people have. And I I wanted to say what in general kind of got you started on your health journey, what got you thinking about, Hey, this is, this is actually really important for my lifestyle in general. Like where did that Genesis, you know, come from and where did that take you? Sure. Well, um, I did start out more as vegetarian and kind of accidentally fell into the vegan world. Um, and just, just a point side note, I guess, um, kind of the plant-based diet is different than that vegan lifestyle. And, you know, whether, you know, you ascribe to one, you know, label or the other, um, that's up to you. But personally, I consider myself vegan. I think just, when I got out of the college dorm life and having to start cooking for myself, thinking about, you know, shopping, you know, not being in the um, cafeteria anymore, being a real adult here, adult, um, just starting to think about what was a healthy choice for me and just thinking about where my food came from beyond the grocery store. But I mean, of course my 
I mean, my struggles really were even at the grocery store, just trying to start that, that process of, you know, adulthood and kind of started out with, you know, ground turkey instead of ground beef was, you know, my, my thought of what was healthy, but, um, started kind of as vegetarian thinking, you know what, I wouldn't look this animal in the eye and take its life for me to eat. You know, I'm not going to ask somebody else to do that. Um, so my journey didn't start from a nutrition standpoint necessarily. Um, I guess in some ways it did because I was trying to make generally more nutritious choices for myself. You know, I'm not eating right. chicken nuggets um, and meatloaf out of the cafeteria anymore. Um, you know, trying to eat more vegetables and just, I guess that part of the journey was being kind of stepping into the adulthood world. But, um, I kind of struggled with, with weight, um, all, all my life. I remember having concerns about that even in third grade. And so my first glimpse into veganism um, I didn't really know the difference between veganism, vegetarianism, you know, what did that really mean? Um, I bought a book called Skinny Bitch, um, kind of just another um, circle of dieting at that point. And I didn't realize it was a vegan lifestyle book. So that kind of gave me a glimpse into that world. Um, and right at the same time, just had someone... I think it was from PETA on my college campus um, handing out brochures and it had a picture of a pig on the front of it and a picture of a dog. And it was saying, if you knew my name, you wouldn't eat me. And I thought about that, you know, of course, you know, if you know an animal that has a personality, just like our dogs do, you know, why would you choose to, to eat that animal instead of being its friend? So it, it was very much, um, I guess not necessarily nutritional journey, but um, sure. And then, so I I jumped right in. I went and got all of the um, substitutes and just started oh. kind of vegan like <laughs> lunchables for a while, um, and it didn't go very well. Um, I did. I had some health issues that were possibly maybe unrelated but you know how you know if you eat something and then you get sick you're not going to eat that anymore yeah so I, i'll always kind of have some questions about kind of some soy issues and maybe um i had some thyroid issues going on um so maybe some hormonal issues so i will always kind of question if if those things went hand in hand went back vegetarian for a while and then surprisingly got back on the vegan train when I made friends with some people who were eating a paleo diet. When I started CrossFit, I just started thinking about that, you know, quote, clean eating. I wanted to, I wanted to eat vegan and wanted to do a better job of it, wanted to do it in a better way. And so I started eating more um, vegetables and more whole foods, less and less processed foods and um, that was a much more positive experience for me. And just, you know, combining that with, with CrossFit, um, it's, it's been a, 
it's been a very good thing, a very positive thing um, health-wise and that, you know, kind of weight loss um, issue that I was having as well. Yeah, that's been one of the things, just seeing your progress and stuff over the years that I think it was one of the biggest changes for you. Um, and I, the, the, you know, I don't, we, I, I don't, I don't do CrossFit anymore. And it's not that I am negative on the idea. And I totally understand where people's criticisms of CrossFit sure. know, come from, <laughs> uh, for sure. But there is something to be said about being around that team atmosphere and about being around Community. other people who it means so much. Sure. Mean, it means a lot. You know, you're, you're coming back to the accountability again and again and again. And I, I think there is something to, to really be said about a program like that, that works for people that are especially used to being on teams and thrive uh, working with other people. And I, I certainly had that you know, experience and I've had other experiences where I've had, you know, a personal trainer. I, I don't like working out by myself. It's like one of the last things that I want to do. <laughs> I'd rather be working, you know, with working out with somebody and kind of competing in that regard. That's all I've ever done. Um, and I certainly can. Oh yeah. True. You know, in wa watching that, what I want to go back to is like when you transitioned from, you know, college lifestyle, and I would say I, I had a very similar kind of experience. I ended up buying a cassette of, you know, 2000, dollar pot pots and pans to have like, the <laughs> uh -huh. best fresh stuff and I, I started buying everything organic and of course I ran track in college so I was, I was a little bit more keen to um, what I should be putting in my body because our track coach was an Olympic coach as well and so he was very much into that so we always did presentations for that and he gave you know stay away from partially hydrogenated vegetable oil stay away from uh high fructose corn syrup, you know, stay away from a lot of the, the, what I call kind of Franken food type of, of stuff. And mm -hmm. this is where I think I also agree with a lot of vegans for a lot of the processing of the food. And I don't necessarily like a lot of the meats and stuff, even though I am more of a carnivore. That's where I also got really into hunting when I was out in Montana as well, where I felt a lot more, um, I, I will say, while I am a Christian, I will say even being out in the woods and being out in the mountains and, and hunting and, and thanking, um, thanking an animal for what it provides, even though in taking its life, it's, it's sustaining life. It's, it's, you know, for lack of a better word, it's part of the circle. And that's certainly kind of where I come from. And I certainly respect, you know, other uh, points of view on that as well. But uh, for me, that was much more of a natural thing and being able to go to ranches and farmers who took much better care and were open to being able to bring people on their farms and not just having, you know, mass, you know, meat go take to places where the last thing that they know is, you know, all, all they know is, is the smell of blood and, and fear the whole time that they're going through that. So I yeah. certainly can understand from a factory farming standpoint um, that I think understanding where your food comes from, uh, and if you're not, and I personally, if you're not willing, just like you said, if you're not willing to take the life of an animal to, for yourself, why would you ask someone else to do that? And I certainly sympathize with that, even though I might come down on a separate you know, side of that as well. So I certainly sure. do that. But, sure. but get So I hope you can tell from this series that I'm adamant about getting your blood tested. It's one of the best ways for you to get to know more about your body right now. And I hope you can also see the importance of tailoring your nutrition, your exercise, and your health to your specific needs and your specific goals, rather than just going through the guesswork and following 
a lot of the different fads that are out there. If you want to get that specificity at a very affordable price, it's just a couple of hundred bucks. Reach out to my friend Brandon Groney at amf-usa.org slash contact. Again, that is amf-usa.org slash contact. Let him know that I sent you and let him know that you're interested in getting your DNA tested. Honestly, I've spent over $1,500 for different types of blood testing, and the cost of all that stuff has come way, way down. And honestly, for a few hundred bucks, there's nothing that should be really getting in your way to living the healthiest, best life possible. But getting back to like your first, when you really kind of came out of college, um, did you did you feel much, did you feel better when you went through the transition? Do you were like, wow, this, this actually has changed, um, how I feel about myself. It, it, it's, it's been better. Did you see that the food actually kind of changed your overall understanding of, of life? Did you feel better that those kinds of questions that come, come along with it? Um, it's changing into kind of a the vegan lifestyle. Let me let me just get get out of my own head. Did you feel better when you transitioned from one style of eating to another style of eating? I I did because well it was right at that same time where I started CrossFit when I got into it truly and thinking about food. I mean, from a my own headspace to my body. Um, I was eating to fuel my body for this, you know, hobby, this new <laughs> hobby I found. And I will say just CrossFit was my window into the fitness world. You know, whatever, you know, anybody else's experience is, I mean, whatever motivates you, that is beautiful and wonderful. Um, that's just my personal experience. That's kind right. of my, you know, my family, my new kind of, home away from home but sure. uh, you know I've made a lot of friends moving away and being um, being away from kind of my hometown and um, so that's you know another reason why that's so motivating and means a lot to me but you know it was a big a big change for me so absolutely I felt much different much better um, from a mental and physical standpoint and I never would have pushed myself or really noticed. And I think the combination of that sort of intensity of workout with the food kind of makes me um, watch my body, listen to my body more. I think I was having issues with a dairy, I mean, probably more than anything all along and never recognized or realized that. Um, you know, gut issues and even my skin issues as well. I mean, my skin has cleared up migraines. I used to have migraines. My mom would tell me from when I was two years old, I would stand on my head and rub my head on the edge of the couch that my, and I couldn't even tell, I couldn't tell her in words, but I would just be crying. And she's like, what is wrong? What is wrong with her? And I was having migraines and I hardly have migraines anymore. Um, so, I mean, there, there have been a lot of, a lot of big differences, um, yeah, but I, I think those, uh, things do go hand in hand. Yeah. I personally think there's a, there's a lot to be said about And one of the things that changed my mind, and I don't, I don't remember where I heard it exactly, 
Um, but someone goes, you know, as much as people are against drugs, the one thing you need to fundamentally understand about your life and your food is food is a drug. Um, food oh, absolutely. specifically changes uh, how your body interacts with itself, how your body adapts, how it regulates, all that stuff. And so it's chemicals. It is. It, it, and it, it's funny to me, like, I think, especially when Jackie and I got together, one of the first things, and this is, um, I, I dated a few other girls and stuff too, and had just had started having a conversation. And there's this multi year kind of understanding that came along with it, it very similar to you. I started thinking about what I was buying. I started doing more research. I started looking into, you know, alternative stuff. I started questioning a lot of what the FDA or what the USDA, you know, the food pyramid, I started questioning a lot of that stuff and just looking into, you know, where they even get their idea for this in the first place and go, Oh, that happened to be funded by a certain, you know, type of company that's out there. And it's like, well, that seems a bit ridiculous that a government institution that's supposed to be on your side telling you what's healthy. And it turns out a lot of that stuff is the exact opposite advice, um, or at least has a huge caveat to it. So that, that mm-hmm. seems mind boggling to me that, oh, yeah, well, that's what we're going to do. Instead, you will do margarine, which is a few molecules away from plastic instead of actually having <laughs> real butter, um, or, or any other really good oil that's out there for you that were options at the time. Um, but because we decided not to push it and and mainstream it in the consumer society that we have, of of course, that's what we get is all of the middle aisles and supermarkets basically being made of all the Franken foods that you could possibly right. think of. And so, and one of the things I told Jackie when we first got together was like, you need to get off of birth control. Um, the, anything that's going to uh, go into your body over time, even though it might make you feel normal in the short term. Uh, the more that you're putting something in your body that your thyroid or whatever else is trying to regulate your body, it's going to have long-term effects. It's just because I started doing the research on it and seeing a lot of other men and women and everything else um, doing a lot of similar, going through a lot of similar circumstances. And that's one of the things that, I mean, it changed her, her world around and we started getting really into just, okay, what are we putting in our body? Let's eat whole foods. What what would it be like if we did, you know, a whole 30 challenge? Let's do it for, for 60 days. Let's, uh, let's eat raw food. Let's just do slightly cooked vegetables uh, instead, you know? And so we started doing that stuff and I, I felt amazing. I felt way better. Um, you know, body composition changed for me where I was able to actually put on weight that I hadn't been able to put on in over 10 years. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe even more than that. I mean, I gained 10 pounds during a 60 day eating challenge. Um, doing CrossFit three days a week. And cause that's where I, apparently my body was supposed to be. And I your body back changed my, a lot. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I will say the one thing that, you know, we've gone back and back and forth and different things and I've done different items of research and yeah, you know, being a marketing guy, I, I, I try to understand and dig into what's marketing and what's not, what's hype versus what's actual uh, data and science, even though the science might not be the best, what can you really get out of it? And so I did the carnivore diet when we moved here, and this might be a shock to you, but I actually gained, I went up to 195 pounds when uh, I think the average weight I've really been most of my life has been about 160. So I gained about 30, 30 pounds from the time wow. that we got pregnant with our third baby, you know, Eliana. And I gained, you know, I, I think at the time I might've been 170 and I gained probably 25 pounds uh, from that before we moved here. And as soon as we moved here, I just was like, you know what, I'm just going to go um, it's straight into carnivore. And I basically eat, uh, I ate, not, not, I don't do it as much as I did now. Um, but when we got here, especially I was doing, 
mainly uh, mainly steak and burgers and stuff. And in a matter of just a few months, I went from 195 all the way down to uh, 175, 170. So basically lost all that weight. And I, I was like, I feel fantastic. Like even with the the whole 30 diet that I did, I've never felt the way that I feel now. I don't have, I didn't even go through like the keto flu. I didn't, I didn't go through any of those <laughs> symptoms. I just, my energy levels were up. I was like ready to go. I wasn't even having to drink coffee. I mean, it was crazy. Um, Whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What uh, is that like? <laughs> <laughs> and so th- there's just, there's just things there. And, but, but again, you know, I, I, I acknowledge while that it certainly helped me and it's the best I felt like, you know, you still have to acknowledge like what, what deficits might it bring? Um, sure. Yeah. There's deficits that. I mean, is eating, that something that you would yeah. ever consider doing the long term? I mean, it can't, I don't know much about it, but it just on the surface even seems like it's not sustainable. So, well, and one of the things is, and this is where, you know, we'll, I, I'm going to do a longer stint on this because there, there is a lot of research. Uh, Nora, uh, a woman named Nora Gedgedaus, um, is a big proponent of it. And while she certainly has a financial incentive to, to push her books and other stuff, I mean, it's based on her research and everything else uh, that's, that's out there. And, and I look to that stuff. And again, you take it as a grain of salt. Um, but I certainly want to dig into a lot more of where that comes from and why you might not need um, other things. And, you know, it flies way in the face of, of where you're coming from. And so it's, but I want to be able to have these conversations and these discussions uh, that are out there because there are certain things that you can't get from other sources that you can get from uh, your meat sources red red meat specifically that you can't get really anywhere else at least in that much of a nutrient dense package that you're going to be able to get Mm -hmm. overall Um, I think it's a little bit folly and this is where you know the uh, paleontologist might at least from where certain diets get their knowledge from when it comes to paleontology is there's certain things we may or may not know about where our ancestors specifically got their food from. And I think in in my criticism, I guess, of veganism is, you know, we were hunter gatherers and while we ate, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of vegetables diet, we also specifically went out and hunted for meat. Um, And, and and I, I think that, 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 is something that's there, but we're also omnivores that can adapt better than any other species that's out there for what we eat. And I think that's a great thing. I think that's fantastic because it, it shows a level of optimization that it may a one size fits all diet doesn't apply, which is also with my guest I had, Brandon Groney, um, his, you know, he is part of ID life and they have supplements. And, you know, there's a question of whether you even need supplements to begin with anyway, uh, if you're eating, eating correctly, but then again, what is eating correctly? Uh, (laughs) where can you get your food? There's places you can't even get healthy food. So you might need to supplement. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things that are out there and I get it's, it's unregulated, which again, I'm a fan of, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and, but, but what do people really need and what, what can people experiment with? What, what can people uh, start to really get to know and understand their body with. And that's what the whole idea of this health conversation and people's health journey is, is encouraging people to start where, helping them find the right place to start to getting to understand their body to a degree that they can make the best decisions about what they're putting in their body themselves. 
uh, whether no matter where they go and that they have the freedom to experiment. Um, and one of the best things that his company does at ID Life is they do a blood test. And I'm a big fan of, of actually going in and doing blood tests for what your diet is because not just like, you know, you and I are Caucasian. We come from mainly uh, an English background. There is a little bit of Native American and mixed, mixed with some other things from the South uh, that are there. But for the majority, that's basically where we come from. My wife, she's, uh, I think, Irish, basically almost half Irish and half German. Just those differences alone have different impacts for where we are at today biologically. And I think getting into the nitty gritty of what your DNA says about where you're at currently matters just as much as being able to experiment as well. Were you able to, I, I'm really interested in that too. I, I agree with that kind of, you know, being your own guinea pig and just figuring out what's right mm -hmm. for you and how you feel your best. Um, but did you do any of the blood testing when you did the... So I've, done, I've, so I've done two um, tests and there was a couple different because sometimes they're looking for specific things that are in there. So I wanted to know what my testosterone level was. Um, I also personally think that men these days don't have nearly the amount of testosterone, which is detrimental. It's also the reason why I don't think any man should ever touch soy um, with the phytoestrogens that are in it. Because from all the evidence I've seen, our bodies can't tell the difference between naturally produced estrogen and phytoestrogen. Uh, that's out there. And so when it goes into our body, it, it can have massively negative effects, especially if you're giving uh, soy formula or whatever to babies in the most critical points of their life. Um, it, it can, that amount of estrogen in people's bodies can have, especially men's bodies can have very devastating effects uh, long-term. Um, you know, that being said, I, I was looking at just overall testosterone, but then I did one that was more specific to food items in general and I did find that I, you know, everyone talks about, oh, well, you should, you know, you look at Pinterest or you look at any of these other things, you should take uh, garlic for a cleanse and you should do, um, you know, uh, you should have almond milk, almond, best way to go. Don't do peanuts, they're legumes, you know, the whole paleo <laughs> thing. And I come to find out I'm really sensitive, almost borderline allergic to, to almonds and to garlic. So I bring those two, two things up to go, yeah, these really? are supposed to be super healthy. <laughs> Uh -huh. you know, superfoods, and yet I'm, I'm allergic to them. And it could be that it's a DNA problem, but it also could be that maybe I've been doing nothing but drinking these things for the last three years, thinking that they're super healthy for me, and I haven't been diversifying enough. You know, maybe I haven't Well, yeah, I kind of wonder, I guess in a similar way, I've done Whole30 a few times um, from, <laughs> from a vegan standpoint to the degree that I could um, to try to learn more about my sensitivities. And now I kind of wonder, you know, am I more sensitive to things because, uh, because I avoided them, you know, or is that a true sensitivity and jumping back on that, that soy. And since you've, you know, shared personal things about Jackie, I was going to say when I got really sick, uh, when I first just jumped on that vegan bandwagon from the vegetarian experience and just went with all the um, kind of faux meats and faux cheese and things like that. <laughs> um, I, I found an issue. I had an, it was a um, pharmacy error in my birth control. I got the wrong kind and I don't know how long that had been going on, but um, or, around that same time. And I had some, not my thyroid, I guess my parathyroid hormones were, mm -hmm. uh, were way off. It made me really sick. I was at 
had three different doctor appointments in a span of five days from the emergency room to, I mean, they tested me for all kinds of things before they finally figured out it was a thyroid issue. They tested me for strep. They tested me for flu. They tested me for mono. They tested me for bronchitis. Um, it was a bizarre experience, but, um, that was finally the issue. And, um, had to go to a specialist. Now he did say, I asked him about my diet and he did say it was more likely related to the birth control hormones. Yeah. And that's what we discovered with Jackie too. And I think that's why she, you know, developed hypothyroid, hyper, hypo, hyper. I can't remember okay. which one, one of the thyroidisms that are out there. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost hundred percent guarantee that it was, she's tried two, you know, two or three different types and all were hormone based. And it's kind of like, well, you're throwing your hormones, you know, into that. Plus, if you're eating frankenfoods most of your life, like you, you might already be predisposed to some of that stuff too. Um, sure. You know, is, issues later on. I, I think we don't, you know, look at that uh, nearly far enough as we should. Mm-hmm. Um, Want to know how I get my day started right and how I stay on task throughout the day? I've tried tailoring a bunch of different planners and journals to include, you know, what I'm grateful for, goal settings, habit tracking, and. It always seemed that I was doing more work every single day, just setting up my planner and keeping track of the whole thing. And then I discovered bestself.co and I got the self journal. And this was quite a few years ago. You can even check out my blog for one of the unpacking and a little bit of explanation there too. But it has all that stuff that I was trying to physically write in all right there in the pages. Has goal setting, daily habit tracking, has the agenda for the day. And a daily reflection. And each journal goes for a 90-day period so that you can keep track of your 90-day goals. Plus, the support they give you to get organized and plan that next 90 days is second to none. Well, right now, I'm actually trying to see if I like the self-planner that actually covers a six-month period. So I'm putting a lot more content out, and I like to see a bigger view of my weeks and my months while I still manage my daily activities, journaling my insights, scoring those goals that I've set for myself, and tracking my habits. And that's not all they got. They have a ton more. But if you're looking for the right journal or planner for you, check out Best Self. To support the show, go to cashflowveteran.com slash best self. And if you decide to buy through my link, I get to do more for the show and more for cashflow veterans out there who are seceding from the system. So I think we've, you know, kind of hit, are there any insights about kind of where your health journey has taken you, whether that's been CrossFit or, you know, staying away from soy, even as a vegan or, you know, any, you know, why, why did you get into, you know, occupational therapy for kids even, you know, did, did those align in any way? And then, and then what's your aspirations kind of for your future, whether that's in your career or do you, do you want to start a business, do entrepreneurship or something like that? Well, okay, you're going to have to rein me back in probably. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> um, I, what I say about occupational therapy, um, so our mom is a, was a PT assistant, and she told me forever and ever, you should be an occupational therapist. I think that's what you would enjoy. Um, I had a very meandering experience through college. Um, I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian or a teacher like all my life growing up. I was interested in art. I started taking art and psychology classes. I wanted to be an art therapist, but couldn't find out enough information. I don't know that there's any programs. Maybe in the South was the problem with that. I was going to say, no, not in Mississippi. (laughs) I was going to move to Washington. And I was like, at that age, I was like, I don't know if that's Washington, D.C. or Washington, (laughs) the state. I don't even know where. So (laughs) 
um, <laughs> I was in my little bubble, but um, there's so much world out there that I had yet to experience. So of course, I don't know what I want to do in life. And um, I really stumbled upon it. I, um, so our mom worked in a nursing home and that just wasn't yeah. what I wanted. I, you know, I, I wanted to work with kids or animals. I don't know. And so I went and observed with a pediatric OT that did some part-time work with her in the nursing home. And I mean, my little world just blossomed. It was everything I always wanted to do, but I didn't know it existed. And, um, so just in school, we learn about kind of, um, human development, child development, about the neural, <laughs> neurological system. I mean, you know, anatomy, physiology, kinesiology. So, I mean, occupational therapists work in a variety of, um, of places in hospitals. I worked in an ICU my first year out of school. It was terrifying and I didn't know if I was gonna um, make it in that setting, but I absolutely love that too. Um, but that wasn't my, uh, my aspiration. I just, I knew I wanted to work with kids always and found a job in a, in a pediatric outpatient clinic. I absolutely love it. And I think that just having that, um, that love of knowledge for the human body and kind of the um, developmental aspects of things, just how coordination and, um, you know, neuroanatomy and all of that kind of works together. Um, functional mobility was a natural through CrossFit was, you know, kind of a natural fit for me. It just kind of brought out my inner nerd and, I coach CrossFit classes there and I also coach Olympic weightlifting. Um, and I coach some mobility kind of yoga, um, yoga style mobility classes there. I'm doing my 200 hour yoga teacher training. Yep. I've done some, um, continuing education as an occupational therapist. So specifically for pediatric occupational therapy using yoga, um, not just for the physical aspects of development, but for mindfulness and attention. Um, it's just, it's kind of like you just chase, um, chase those things that you love and then somehow it all comes together. And I don't know what that's going to look like for me. I just know, I just, I love to learn, but you know, I have to learn in a way that's that's motivating and interesting and um something i can apply or you know i'm not gonna learn it but somehow i i'm gonna put all those things together and um, i'd love to do some part-time work um maybe back in the icu put some you know i i would never have an icu patient doing you know headstands but there's a place for um you know, for yoga in the ICU, it's not just the poses, it's, you know, meditation, mindfulness, breathing practices, um, and some movement and, you know, yoga meets you where you are. And, um, I just, I would like to kind of bring that into some of the less, um, I guess, traditional spaces, get it out of the studio 
and um, you can just use it with my kids that are in wheelchairs and use it with these crossfitters that think they don't <laughs> think they have no days off no rest days and um you know teach them to be more aware of their body and their breathing and um i i think there's a, a place for for yoga in lots of different um different areas so i just i want to find a way to put all that together as far as a business venture i don't know what that would look like i no, think I, I was think those say, ideas will present themselves. Yeah, no, the I, yeah. When you talked about bringing, you know, you know, all these things, all these interests that kind of bring some of that stuff together, and I kind of find it interesting that you and I are, I think, very different in this regard. I mean, there's so many things that you and I are similar in, but you know, I. But look at you bringing all of these interests of yours together right, right. now in your meandering path. Right. And what, and what I was going to say, and I, I totally agree with you, like somehow like these different interests and these different quirks of our personalities and our, our, where our true passion kind of lies, they all kind of coalesce uh, into this vision. Maybe, maybe it's not until our thirties that some of the stuff really happens where we get really, you know, some life experience and then we're able to apply. I, I used to tell a lot of my students when I taught um, ICBM qualification training, you know, I was like, you guys are in your early twenties you know, I'm here in my late twenties, early thirties. And, and to me, there's this, there's this opportunity that I was trying to explain to them why I was, because at that point I was like, I'm going to be getting out. And I was trying to explain to them why I was getting out. And I said, you know, there's this point in your twenties where you have all this energy and it's just like you, you're at your peak. And then, but there's this experience gap that you have that probably comes over here in your forties and your fifties. And it's oh, like, yeah. you're, you're, you're tracking here where experience is here. That's going up and your energy levels are going down. And I was like, I feel like there's this period in here between your 30s (laughs) and your 40s where it's just like you have the most energy and the most experience coalescing at the (laughs) same time that you're going to have to be able to go do something. I was like, that's where I feel like I'm at. You know, I I didn't know that I would want to be a copywriter, that I'd want to just talk for a living uh, to do podcasts and to do other stuff (laughs) and to do sales and marketing. I didn't grow up with parents that said, oh yeah, go be a salesperson. Like that did not happen. Uh, being in the, being in the military, guess what? That didn't happen either. And I, I realized um, later on, after I kind of took a marketing personality type test, that kind of said, what type of marketer and salesperson would I be? That I love the conversational. I love being one on one with people, or even on a stage. But I love being live uh, with people. So even though I do videos, mm-hmm. I try to always imagine myself as if I'm giving a presentation. I imagine an audience that I'm actually giving it yeah. to, and that actually helps me do a much better video and bring a lot more liveliness to what I'm saying. Um, so you might not love- remember this, but you've been practicing this telling stories <laughs> <laughs> during dad's, <laughs> dad's parties with the officers <laughs> at our house. <laughs> he's, he's trained you for this. So dad is a very good joke teller. He's a very good storyteller. He's a very good explainer <laughs> of things <laughs> and figure outer. And that's what, and that's what makes him a great teacher. I mean, that's one of the things I think he's out of all my friends that have gone through pilot training, he's one of their favorite instructors that they had while they were there. Oh, absolutely. That's what I heard. I mean, from, from that guy I met and I mean, he's taken a variety of experiences and that's, you know, his career now as a, um, as a pilot instructor, you know, he's, and he loves it. Yeah. He could have retired again, you know, still, still going. Yeah. And, and well, for me, well, for me in sales and market, like you were saying, all that stuff meandered, you know, even I did political science in, uh, 
in college, that was my thing. I love persuasive writing, which is why I like copywriting, which is, and I, did, I didn't know that at the time. But now that's why, like, when I ask you a question about, hey, what would you like to do in business? And you're like, I don't know what that looks like to me. It's just like, I know what that looks like. It could be boom, 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 boom. <laughs> like all, all these ideas. And this yeah. is what I love about doing what I'm doing. And it's why I'm here. You know, I, whether, you know, whether a beautiful butterfly comes out of this, that, that these ideas and the genesis of what we do, this is why I'm here, though. I mean, you know, I may only be able to help 10 people out of 100. Uh, I may be only able to help one person out of a hundred, but when I, it comes down to what I'm really passionate about, um, that's what I'm going to go do. And that, that's what I hope for to be able to, yeah. to provide to you or to anybody else. It's like, yeah, I, I want, I don't have his sales experience. I don't have his, his skill set, but maybe I can pair that together to be able to do. And that's what I'm trying to do with cash flow veteran in the first place. Yeah. Well, I think the key, you know, you said that you don't have the experiences, like maybe you're looking at someone else or that 40 year old self, but I think the beauty of, you know, your individual brand or your individual, you know, personality or whatever you're looking at is that you have only your unique experience and you have to put those together and, you know, learn, learn lessons from everything you've been through, whether if it's something that works or something that doesn't work. Or, I mean, it's just this beautiful tapestry you put together and you can make it work for you or work against you. And, and I think, I think you're doing a beautiful job. I think we learned that, um, from our parents as well. Yep. Well, I'll, I'll tie a thread. I'll tie a thread through all this stuff here too. So one of the biggest things for cash flow veteran that I'm really trying to do is to make sure people are getting started in business. I think entrepreneurship is one of the things that people absolutely need to be doing as we move forward into this new economy that we've already been transitioning into. Uh, not much, I mean, COVID certainly, you know, COVID-19 and everything else has been going on has spotlighted the reason why people, you know, need something. Um, I've had many conversations oh, with yeah. people that they had unexpected life circumstances that happen. And it's like their life, they've, they thought about maybe doing a business at some point in time, but it's like, if you would have just, you know, capitalized on a little bit of that ambition at the time, you would have been vastly prepared uh, for any life circumstance, I kind of consider like you getting started on some sort of side project is oh, is another form of, of life insurance. In my opinion, it's, it's lifestyle insurance. Oh, yeah getting, yeah. getting it started in business is lifestyle insurance to make sure that you have something that you're practicing, that you have skills that you're upgrading, you know, over time, you know, you're not uh, one of the best analogies I've had so far is like, you know, you might, you're your operating system, your computer might be, you know, Windows 95. It might be an old school operating system, <laughs> but until you actually start putting in the parts that put you where you want to go, you're not, you, you have to do it piece by piece as you upgrade. You're not going to be that top of the top of the line system ready to go right away. But the earlier that you get started on it, the better off that you're, you're going to be in the long term. Uh, and that's what I'm encouraging everybody to do. And for personal, your personal economy, like you can't control everything that's going on around you in the world but for what you can control in your personal economy, getting started, getting your finances right. And that for me, this topic is getting your health right, just because, uh, you know, eating health properly, and health. <laughs> health, yeah. health and wealth. I mean, a lot of those things actually do go hand in hand. I mean, yeah, there are, you know, some very rich fat people that are out there, but I think the better off that you can be to learn how to control uh, and get to know your body and control what you're putting in your body. I think those are some of those things that are small things mentally, emotionally, spiritually that you can do that get you on a path of better living, which, which are uh, multiplication factors for your ability. They're uh, the, the X factors 
uh, of your individual lifestyle that can propel whatever business you decide to do, which is why I focus on them. What's why, why I focus on health, why I look at fitness, why I'm looking at this stuff, why I'm talking about it. Cause I think it's just as important uh, for your business life as it is for your personal life. Absolutely. I mean, how do you, how do you enjoy your wealth if you're not enjoying your body or your life and your body? Or, I mean, we all need longevity and yep. wellness. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, with that, I, I think we'll conclude. I think we've pretty much covered everything. We turned a, a you know, 30 minute podcast into a 45 minute one. So good job there. <laughs> not a big deal. No, it doesn't bother me at all. As long as we're providing value to uh, any of the listeners that are out there and they get something out of it, that's all I really care about at the end of the day. So well, we uh, need with, to talk more often. <laughs> yeah, that, that's for sure. Well, dad, dad, dad and I might be starting a podcast here soon uh, called Speaking of the Years. Um, and uh, it's kind of like a, a boomer and millennial solve, solve all the problems of the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I certainly would we'll encourage you to get on. What do you consider yourself anyway? Are you, um, are you a Gen Xer? I, th I think I'm on the edge of the millennial and... I think I'm an ex-sennial is the term. That yeah, the, the zennial or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it, my, that's, my, Jackie, she was born a, a year before I was, and she was always like, oh, I'm not a millennial. She's like, I'm, maybe I'm a zennial. It's like, oh, yeah, a millennial would try to, you know, cat, you know, put themselves in their own category. That's kind of what millennials do, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not that type of millennial. No, no, no. That's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, well, with that, um, is there any place, um, you know, for anybody that would uh, hear this message and resonate with your story, um, they might have a, a word of encouragement, they might have a, a question for support for themselves and in their journey. Uh, what's the best place for somebody to reach out to you um, to, to get that information? Oh, sure. I mean, I would love for anyone to reach out with, with questions. I um, don't have a, like a business presence at all but I would probably use my Instagram for that. And it's yeah, so Amy, Amy dot Hiram's daughter. It's A M Y dot H I R A M S D O T T I R. So if you're familiar with CrossFit, that's kind of a nod to yeah. CrossFit world yep. and good old dad. Yep. I got it. Uh, all right. So I'll make sure I include that in the show notes. That way people can uh, reach out to you. So Amy, I love you. Thank you so much for coming on the Cashflow Veteran Podcast. I appreciate it so much. Love you. Thank you, bro. All right. Well, I'm going to take care. That's the episode. Thanks so much for listening. I really would appreciate your support through any of the advertising, the affiliate links I share, or you can go to Cashflow veteran.com slash support and click on the $5 tip jar uh, and send a cup of coffee my way. Also, I'd love to hear from you and you can easily do that by downloading the anchor.fm app and leave me a voice message with a comment or a question or a topic that you'd like me to cover and I'll see what I can do. With that, take it easy.